Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. We are starting a brand new sermon series that I'm so excited about called Parables. And every year around this time, leading up to Easter Sunday, which is the very first Sunday, it's April 4th this year. So every time, uh, every year around this time leading up to Easter, we intentionally have a series where we focus on Jesus. And here's why. Because, and you need to know this, especially if you're new around here, we are unapologetically all about Jesus. Um, we love Jesus. And in fact, one of our 10 values as a church and these values, it answers the question, what makes us uniquely us? And our values really are our DNA as a church. And you'll see them posted. You'll see them all over the place. Uh, you'll see them on our website. But no matter the list, number one is always the same. The very top of every time we list our values, and it's very intentional, is this value, that Jesus is our message. That's the very first value that we have as a church. It's part of our DNA, that Jesus is our message. And on our website, you can go there and actually see descriptions of every value. And here's what it says about this value, Jesus is our message. We believe that the church is built on Jesus, by Jesus, and for Jesus. Therefore, the focus should be on Jesus. He is the focus of the messages we preach, the songs we sing, and the prayers that we pray. We focus on Jesus because we believe that if people see Jesus for who he is, then they will be captured by his beauty and compelled to devote their life to knowing and following him. We believe people hear enough bad news. So our desire is to always tell good news. The message of Jesus, the gospel, literally means good news. And this good news is the central message of our church. Methods will come and go, yet our message will remain the same. Jesus is our message. You need to know that our message is not behavior modification that our message is not self-help, that our message is not opinion, that our message is and always be Jesus. Come on, somebody say amen right there because that is good. Already a few seconds in and I'm just getting my preach on right now. So in this series, what we're gonna be doing over the next few weeks is we're gonna learn about Jesus by looking at some of his parables which most biblical scholars, if you research it, they say that a third of Jesus's recorded teachings in the gospels are parables. And this word parable, it simply comes from two Greek words. It, it, it comes from, from, from these two Greek words that are put together. The first is para, and para just simply means alongside. And then bole, it just means to throw. So parable, it literally means to throw alongside. And so write this down because here's what, what this parable is gonna mean is that a parable is a story thrown alongside a truth. That's what a parable is. A parable is a story that's just simply thrown alongside a truth to help you understand that truth. And in Matthew chapter 13, verse 34, it says that Jesus always used stories and illustrations like these when speaking to the crowds. In fact, he never spoke to them 
without using such parables. And as I was studying, I found a commentary by a guy named Warren Wearsby. And here's how he describes parables. He says a parable, it begins innocently as a picture that arrests our attention and arouses our interest. But as we study the picture, it becomes a mirror in which we suddenly see ourselves. If we continue to look by faith, the mirror then becomes a window through which we see God and his truth. And that's what I'm praying for this series, is that as we open up God's word and as we look and study these parables of Jesus, that you would see yourself, that you would see Jesus, and most importantly, that you would see God himself and that we would grow even deeper and deeper and deeper into the gospel and into Jesus. So let's start by reading Mark chapter four, I'm gonna read a whole beefy chunk of scripture starting in verse one, Mark chapter four, verse one. It says, once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him so he got into the boat. Then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. And he taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. So here starts the parable, listen. A farmer, and the the older translations, like the New King James Version, it says a sower. So a farmer or a sower went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. And other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun. And since it didn't have any deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop That was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears. Anybody got some ears today? That's you. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Now, contextualize this real quick. So this was like a big church service. A lot of people were around. His disciples were right there with them every single step of the way. As they're hearing this message, you know that they're like saying, that's good, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Great illustration. And then listen to the very next verse, verse 10. Later, when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and with the others who had gathered around, they asked him what the parables meant. I find that so funny because you know they were shouting them down saying, amen, that's good. And then it's like, hey, I, just asking for a friend. I just want to make sure what does this parable actually mean? And so in verse 13, he says, Then Jesus said that if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, this one that we're talking about today, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? By the way, this is the verse that made me be like, we have got to talk about this week one. Because Jesus himself says that if we don't get this one, we won't understand any of them. And so then he begins to explain it, starting in verse 14. He says, the farmer, remember the sower, the sower. He plants seed by taking God's word to others. 
The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns, it represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out. It's pushed out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. And the seed finally that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even a hundred times as much as had been planted. And so this week, as we're kicking off this brand new series, it's gonna take us all the way to Easter Sunday, and we're looking at these parables. I wanna start this series with a message I've entitled just simply, The Seed, The Sower, and The Soils. The Seed, The Sower, and The Soils. Now, sometimes I preach, sometimes I teach. I want you to prepare your mind that today is going to be, I'm going to get my teach on today, okay? The best that I can. Uh, but let's pray and let's invite God to speak to us today, okay? So God, just like we sang earlier, we believe right now that one word from you changes everything. Just one. We believe that. We are putting our faith in that right now. We believe that one word from you changes everything. And God, I believe with all my heart that you have us here for a reason. And I also believe with all my heart that you are speaking right now to us. You, the God of the universe, are speaking individually to every single person that is watching, that is in this room, that is listening to this message, that is maybe listening later on a podcast. You are speaking to every single person, but it's our responsibility to position our heart and our minds to receive. And so God, would you open up our ears to hear you? And I just pray that we'll hear from you today because we believe that'll change everything. We love you and we thank you for Jesus. And everybody said, amen. So how many of you, just by show of hands, right there in the chat as well, how many of you grew up in Cincinnati? Like you were born and raised in the greater Cincinnati area. Let's include Northern Kentucky. Let's include the Burbs a little bit. Let's just take a 30 minute circle around downtown. If you grew up in there, my people, What's up, everybody? My people. Now, I did not grow up here, but I got here as quickly as I could. Uh, so I, I love this city. How many of you, just by show of hands, you consider yourself, like I grew up in a small town. Just how many of you would say that? Like I grew up in a small town. How many of you grew up in the country? Like you just say, I grew up in the country. I'm a country boy. I'm a country girl. That's who I am. I grew up there. Um, how, how many of you would go even so far to say, not only did I grow up like in the country, not only did I, did I grow up in a small town, I grew up on a actual farm. How many of you actually grew up on a farm? Right there, yes. Hey, what's up, what's up? Grew up on a farm. Now for me, even though I'm definitely a city guy now, I grew up in the middle of nowhere in Middle Tennessee, about four hours south from here. My dad was a wildlife manager for the state of Tennessee, and his job came with a house 
that was in the middle of 22,000 acres of state-owned land. That was the house I grew up in. We had no neighbors. There's a three-mile gravel road that existed just to get to the house that came with my dad's job. So I grew up in the middle of nowhere, and I lived there from second grade until I went off to college. And so that's how I grew up. So part of my dad's job was actually taking care of the land. He took care of that 22,000 acres. So there's a lot of agricultural and like farming that he actually did. So technically your boy grew up on a farm. And in Mark chapter four, Jesus, he tells a parable about farming. It's, it's often known as the parable of the sower. And it's found here in Mark chapter four, but it's also found in Matthew chapter 13 and Luke chapter eight. And in this parable, it's just this one big extensive metaphor where he talks about three things. He talks about the seed, the sower, and the soils. And so that's what I wanna talk about. So point one is just this, the seed, the seed. So in this metaphor, in this parable, what is the seed? What does that represent? See, the seed, it just represents the word of God. See, the seed, it represents the Bible, the teachings of scripture. And in Luke's version of this parable in in chapter eight, verse 11, it just plainly states that the seed is God's word. And just like a seed, this book right here, this book is alive. Just like a seed is alive, this book is alive. That's why in Hebrews chapter four, verse 12, it says, for the word of God, it's alive, it's powerful. That this, that this book right here, that this book, it's the only book that's breathing. It's the only book with a pulse. And it says that for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. That's why you just don't read the Bible. The Bible reads you because it is alive. So this book is not a bunch of just made up fictional stories that just make you feel good and maybe have a good lesson, but they never happen. See, this book is not an old, out-of-date history book that doesn't apply to our lives today. That this book is not just a bunch of rules and regulations. It's not this massive list of do's and don'ts. This book is not dead, everybody. This book is alive. This book is alive. And um, that's why that just like a seed, just like a seed is alive, this book is alive. So that's the seed. But then number two, he talks about the sower. The sower, the farmer. So who is the sower? Who is the farmer that is planting seed? The sower, it represents anyone sharing God's word. So some of you that lead small groups, whenever that small groups come and you lead it, you right there are a sower and a farmer. Because a sower, it's, it represents anyone sharing God's word. And we see this in 1 Corinthians chapter three, in verses five and six, where Paul wrote, after all, who is Apollos? Who is, he goes third person right here, Paul. Who is Paul? We are only God's servant through whom you believe the good news, the message of Jesus. 
Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. And then he explains what their job description was when it came to this. He says, I, I just planted the seed. I was the sower in your hearts. And Apollos, he watered those seeds, but it was God who made it grow. So today, my job is very simple. Today, my job is to be a sower. I'm just planting some seeds today. And by the way, I take that responsibility very seriously. And I believe I should. Because if you read James chapter 3, verse 1, it clearly states that I'm going to be held accountable before God for how I communicate about this book. And so that's why I take it very seriously, this whole throwing seeds out all the time. Like I take it very, very, very seriously because it's a big deal. But here's what I've learned over all the years that I've been doing this. As much as I want to, I can't make the seed grow. That's, that's God's job. Even if I wanted to, I can't make the seed grow. I can only plant it and I can only water it. But God is the only one who can make it grow. So today, my job is super simple, everybody. I spent the last, I spent this last week, I probably put in at minimum 20 hours into just this message alone to prepare so that I can plant good seed. But here's my job today. It's super simple. It's just to simply say in public what God already told me in private. That is my job today as the sower. But then he mentions one other thing, and that's number three, the soils, the soils. So in this metaphor, what in the world does the soil represent? See, the soil, it represents the human heart. So soil, it represents my heart, it represents your heart. The soil, it represents the human heart. So if you put all those things together, it says, so the sower, the person that is sharing God's word is just planting seeds, is just planting God's word into soil, into hearts. And Jesus, in this parable, he describes four different soils, meaning four different hearts, and all four receive the same exact seed differently. And by the way, this explains why people can come to the same exact church, sit through the same exact service, listen to the same message, and then walk away completely different. It's the same seed, but different soil. So this tells me that the responsibility of, get this, what's happening right now, of what is happening right here, right now, isn't only on the person that is sowing the seed. It's not only my responsibility. Now, I do have a responsibility, and I take that very seriously, but I don't have all the responsibility. See, all of us, every single person that's right now joining, right now, that we all have a responsibility in this thing. That when you come to church, when you read your Bible, when you listen to the preaching of God's word, when you go to your small group, you have a responsibility to have a heart that's ready to receive. That's not on the person leading. That's on you. Which, by the way, is awesome for me. It takes a lot of the pressure off my shoulders. Because I don't have all the, I do have responsibility, but I don't have all of it. Because today, and every single time you open up God's word or every time you hear God's word, the parable says that you approach that time with one of four hearts. So with our remaining time, I'm gonna break down the four hearts that it describes. And the first is this. The first one that he describes is a hard heart. And so it's this ground. 
It's the ground that is just really hard. Hold this, hold this up a little bit. Hold that up, just so everybody can see, okay? It, it represents this, this hard heart. It's where the soil is more like rocks. If you study the actual passage, what it actually means is like, like soil that's been walked on over and over and over again, and it packs it in real tight to where it's pretty much just like rock. And so it talks about the hard heart. And it's when your rock, it's when your heart is so hard that the seed can't actually take root. It just sits right on top. And in verse 15, it says that the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message. The seed goes there only to have Satan come at once and take it away. And so when it says that when your heart is like this, the Bible says that Satan has the ability to take the seed. In other words, don't miss this, you get robbed. So when your heart is like this, you get robbed. Let me put it this way, that your hard heart allows Satan to rob you of the opportunities to receive from God's word. And so maybe you're at church and deep down, this is the condition of your heart. And maybe it's because you've been through some really hard things. You've experienced some real hurt, some real disappointments. And I am not minimizing that for one second. Maybe you've been hurt by God. Maybe you've been hurt by the church. And it's way easier for you to just not feel than to feel pain. That I understand that sometimes it's easy to have this as a defense mechanism to just harden my heart because the other option, I just can't go there because I can't get hurt again. And so it's really easy to develop a hard heart when you've gone through some real hard things. And so, but maybe you're here and your heart is hard because you're just stubbornly pushing back on God and what he wants for your life. Maybe you're here and you're like, I know that I'm wrong. I know that I'm making bad choices. I know I'm doing things that I shouldn't be doing. I know that I'm in unhealthy cycles. I know that I'm wrong. I know that all those things are happening. I know God wants other things from my life. And frankly, I don't care. I know God is speaking, but I just don't wanna hear it. And so it's easy when your heart is like this to come to church, to sit through the messages, to experience worship, to see everybody else connecting with God, but you're not experiencing it at all. And it's just bouncing off of your hard heart. And just it's, it, it's almost like your soul has their fingers in its ear saying, la, 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 I'm out. <laughs> I don't want, and I just love you enough to tell you the truth, that if your heart is like this right now, you're not in a good place. Here's why. Because Satan can rob you here. He can take things from you that he shouldn't have. But here's the good news. Here's something that makes me so excited. The good news is, is that even if this is where you are today, that no heart is too hard for God. No heart is too hard for God that no matter how hard your heart is, he can soften it. Better yet, he can give you a brand new one. In fact, Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 says, this is God speaking, and I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, hard, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. Church, we serve a God that specializes in heart transplants. And so the first heart, that he describes is a hard heart. Thank you. The second, write this down, is a shallow heart. Is a shallow heart. 
So it's, it's this ground. It's where there's a thin layer of soil. That's good soil, but it's really thin. But underneath it is just rocks. In fact, if you were to go to Israel and the Holy Land, all around that area, there's so many times where this is what the soil is like, where it looks great on top, but it's just rocks on the bottom. And so the seed, it goes in and even produces a little bit of fruit, but it doesn't last. And so it'll spring up real quick, but then it doesn't last. And the, the, Jesus explains this in verse 16 and 17. He says, the seed on the rocky soil, it represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. Like they get it. Like it goes in and it's like, yes, that's awesome. They receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, and here's what I want you to, to get, is they can't have deep roots. It's not just that they, I'm stubbornly not having deep roots. It's they can't because it's rock. And so it says, because they don't have deep roots, they don't last long and they fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Now this is when God's, when people like receive God's word and they receive a teaching of from, from scripture and they receive it with a lot of joy and excitement and they get so like passionate, but it just doesn't last. It's maybe you start going to a new church or start going to church for the very first time and you hear this message of Jesus and something clicks inside. And by the way, it is a very real experience that you have. And it's a very real experience that I'm experiencing from God and it's really good. And so people get saved or maybe they come back to God after being far from God for a while and you get so excited and so passionate and so eager that you not only come to church every single time the doors are open, but you go to Grow Track and I'm just gonna go through Grow Track super fast and then I'm gonna jump on the dream team. In fact, I may serve on two or three different dream teams. I'm gonna have a small group for every single night of the week because I cannot get me enough Jesus. And we, each, we actually have a term for this. It's a very Christianese term. It's like, that person, they're on fire for God. You ever heard that? Oh, that person, they're on fire. Fire, like they're just on fire for God. But if you ever, maybe you've experienced this. It's like, I'm so passionate, I'm so on fire. But then it seems like a month later, the fire's out. And the person that was on every team, going every, like all of a sudden it's just MIA. Where'd that person go? What happened? See, in verse six, Jesus says, that happens when the sun comes out. And the sun in this parable, it represents problems, hard days, bad days. Let me put it this way. It's when the heat gets turned up on your life. When the heat of life gets turned up, that's when this can happen. And when I thought about that this week, I was reminded of a quote actually from Mike Tyson of all people, because he said, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the, in the mouth. But isn't that so true? And that's why it's so important that you understand the full message of the gospel. Because life at some point is gonna punch you in the mouth. And so we have to know the full message of the gospel. Yes, without a shadow of a doubt, Jesus came to give you the best life that you could ever experience on planet earth. You need to know that. I believe that with all my heart, John 10, 10. It says, the more and better life 
That's the life that Jesus came to offer you. That it's better than any other life that you can live on this planet. But make no mistake about it, following Jesus is not a get out of jail free card. It's not this protective bubble where all of a sudden if you follow Jesus, then you're not ever gonna have to go through anything hard or bad. You'll never have any problems again in your life. Come do that and it's the best life you can ever live, which means you'll never go through hard things. I'm telling you, if that is your expectation, you're gonna be sadly in trouble when that's not reality. That's gonna have, you're in trouble. Here's why, because the sun comes out on everybody. It does. That we're all gonna have problems. That none of us are exempt from hard days. That none of us are exempt from things like death. We're gonna have to go through that. None of us is exempt from things like sickness. I think this past year has taught us that. Listen, nobody went through this past year without it affecting them. And so for, for me to stand up and communicate a gospel that says, hey, follow Jesus, you'll never have to go through anything the pandemic brought. That's not fair because that's not the full message of Jesus because nobody's exempt from that stuff. Nobody's exempt from tragedy and disappointments and hurt. Like it's coming. Jesus, in fact, himself, he says in John 16, verse 33, that here on earth, and I want you to underline that in your Bible, on earth, on earth, circle that, underline that, because it's on earth, it's not in heaven. It says, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Aren't you so encouraged by the words of Jesus today? That you will have, like, it's not even like a question. Like, somebody's like, the, the Bible's really hard to understand. No, it's not. Not right there. That you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. What he says that the story doesn't end there. He says, but take heart because I have overcame the world. That when he died on the cross, paying for mine and your sins, that when he did that, he overcame the world. He overcame sin, de death, hell, and the grave. And if he overcame the world, he can help you overcome your bad days. So now the real issue with a shallow heart, with this type of soil, it's just like this, the scripture said, it has no roots. And so I'm just here to encourage you that if you're here and you don't have your roots down anywhere, if you're not, I just want to encourage you to put roots down. It is so important. I know we live in a culture where it says like, that's not cool to put your roots down. I can just kind of hop around and kind of do a lot of different things, but I'm telling you, put roots down. The most practical way that I can encourage you to do that is to get planted into a local church. And listen, it doesn't have to be this church. There's a lot of amazing churches that are out there. And if you even want to come to me and say, hey, this ain't for me. Can you give me some other churches? And I'll help you find another church. But what we are passionate about is all 2.1 million people in the greater Cincinnati area getting planted into a local church. Because Psalm 92 verse 13 clearly says that those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. And we want your life to flourish in every possible way. And by the way, the best way to get planted in our church is to go through Growth Track. It was already mentioned today. And they're gonna put the ways that you can get, be a part of that today. 
You can get planted today. You can start the process of putting down roots into this church and say, and by the way, that's what step one is all about. It's giving you all the information that you need to make the decision whether this church can become your church. And that's what step one is all about. We even titled it, Get Planted. And I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you that at the very end, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give you an opportunity to say, I wanna get planted in this church. You don't have to, but I'm the biggest encouragement that if this is where you're at, is that if you don't get planted somewhere, you are not gonna last very long because the sun is going to come out. And that is the shallow heart. And then he mentions a third, thank you, is a crowded heart. Simply what I'm gonna just call a crowded heart. And it's this ground. It's where the soil, hold that up just a little bit so everybody can see. So this, this soil is really good. Like it's good soil. It's not packed in like the first one. It's not, it's not shallow, the other one. But it just has all this other stuff that's in it. It's got weeds. It's got thorns. It's got all types of leaves and different things that are in here. And it says that this crowded heart, it's actually good. But there's so many other things that are in there that the seed, once it goes in here, it doesn't have any room to grow. And all these other things that are in it actually pushes out and chokes out the seed that actually goes in there. This is how Jesus Jesus describes it in verse 18 and 19. He says, the seed that fell among the thorns, the crowded heart, it represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is just crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things, and no fruit is produced. It's like when you hear God's word, you like, I receive it, but there's so many other things that are happening in my life. It's like, it will not ever actually take form in my life. That I get so distracted, that my, that my heart, my mind is so divided, and that I'm worried and weighed down by all these other things that are in my life to where when I hear God's word, it just simply doesn't stick. It gets pushed out. It could be things like all the responsibilities that I have in my life right now. It's my schedule. If you only saw my schedule, I just don't even have time for anything right now. And so it's my schedule, it's my problems. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's your family or maybe it's your marriage and there's different things. Maybe it's your career. And it's, it's my job, it's the things that I have going on, it's my finances, it's my debt, it's my stress, it's my anxiety, it's my depression, it's all these things that are in my life, it's my fears, it's my addictions, it's my hurt, it's my past, my shame, my guilt, all these things that are in here. And the worries of life, when you get in environments like this, it's so good to experience the presence of God and to hear God's word. And your heart wants it so bad, but all these other things just seem to push it out so quickly. And I just want you to know that if that's you today, and there's all these worries of life that is in your heart, the good news is you do not have to carry those anymore. I'm here to tell you some great freeing news that no matter what those worries of life are, you don't have to carry them anymore. In fact, You weren't even designed to carry them, but God is. In fact, in 1 Peter 5, verse 7, it says, give all your worries, all the things that are in your heart, give all your worries and your cares to God, for God cares about you.
Have you ever thought about that verse connected to this parable? That if you don't, like, you can have the ability today to give God all your cares and all your worries. And why is that so important? So that you can hear God's word. And it can produce fruit in your life. That's why it's so important. Listen, you don't have to be carrying them around one more day. Then you can give them to God. But if you don't, they will crowd and push out the seed of God's word in your life. Thank you. And then the last one is this. You can write this down. I got to hurry. Last one is this, the fruitful heart. The fruitful heart. And so it's this ground. It's this ground. It's the good, rich, high-quality soil that produces a great harvest. It's this. And Jesus describes this in verse 20. He says, and the seed that fell on the good soil, it represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even a hundred times as much has been planted. I want you to think about this, a seed. So I, I have this, this decorative acorn right now. This is not real. But I, I had this thought, when I, when I see something like this, I literally have no spot in my brain for even like making this, much less buying this. But my wife told me that we bought this. So we, we, we bought this. So this is my decorative acorn. So... Great stewardship, <laughs> Heather. I'm just playing. <laughs> Decoration's important. Come on, shout out hospitality team. Okay. But think about this, a seed, a seed, which represents God's word. A seed in the right environment, taking care of the right way, is a potential forest. You ever thought about that? That a seed in the right environment, taking care of the right way is a potential force. And when you understand that God's word is a powerful seed, that when it's put in the right heart has the potential to exponentially multiply and grow into a forest of amazing things in your life. Like it can shift your perspective every single time that this book is cracked open. Every single time you come to church, every single small group that you encounter, every single time that you sit down and you take time to get out your YouVersion Bible app and just read one verse, it has the potential to plant seeds that can turn into a forest. And think about how that could impact your life. Think about how that could impact your family and impact just your everyday walking life, that it can impact your marriage. It can impact every single area of your life, but also think about the impact that that can have on others. Think about the impact that can have in our city. Listen, I believe that the answers the world needs, that our city needs, is in found in people who are simply allowing each and every day, God's word and God's truth to really like just grow in their lives. That produces, like this scripture says, a harvest of 30, 60, and 100 times more than what's originally planted, which by the way is impossible. I actually did some digging in on this and your boy dove into some agriculture this week. And agriculturally speaking, experts say eight to one is a phenomenal return, eight to one. But the scripture says that, no, you can have 30 to one, 60 to one, or 100 to one, which is straight up impossible. 
But thankfully that we have a savior who says in Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, that this is impossible for human beings, but for God, everything is impossible. See, you experiencing that type of return that can have 30, 60, 100 times what's put in is conditional upon one thing, everybody. One thing, one thing, one thing. It's your heart. It's your heart. So the question is, how do you know if you have this type of heart? How do you know if you have a good heart? The proof is in the harvest. So I think the point that Jesus was trying to make in this entire parable, it comes down to one thing is that the quality of your heart determines the quality of your harvest. Thank you. I think that's what the whole point of this 20 verses that Jesus talks about, is that the quality of your heart, it determines the quality of your harvest. So at the start of this series, we're gonna open up God's word for the next few weeks and look at these parables of Jesus. I think here's the question that we all have to answer is that right now, right where you're at, wherever you're listening to this message, what's the current condition of my heart? I think that's what's so important for us to answer that question today and to take inventory of our lives and say, what is that right now? What is the current condition of my heart? In fact, I want you to do this. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And I just want you to right there where you're at, and especially if you feel comfortable, I want you to do this. I want you to just simply put both of your hands in front of you like you're holding something. And with with your hands positioned that way, I want you to imagine that what you're holding right there in your hand is your heart. And so let me just ask you, what are you holding right now? What is the current condition of your heart. What type of heart are you holding? Are you holding a hard heart? Maybe you've been through some hurt, some disappointment, some pain. Maybe you know what God's been asking you to do, but you just keep pushing it away. And it's like the seed just keeps bouncing off of that hard heart. I just want you to know and be encouraged today that no matter how hard your heart is today, that God can not only soften it, he can give you a new one. And so maybe all the last 35 minutes, he's just been chipping away at your heart, saying, that's you. And I wanna do something about that hard heart. Maybe you're here and you're holding up right now a broken heart. There's a heart that's in a million pieces. You're hurting, you're broken. You've experienced some tremendous hurt and pain. I want you to know that the Bible says that God is close to the brokenhearted that he's right there, right where you're at. He is there in the middle of that hurt, in the middle of that brokenness, in the middle of that mess. And not only that, he has the power to heal your heart. Maybe you're here and you just know, and I'm excited right now, but I know I have not put roots down. I have no spiritual roots. I'm more of a potted plant more than I am a tree. And my heart right now, it's fragile. You're one crisis away from everything changing. I just wanna encourage you, if that's you, that's the type of heart that you're holding right now, get planted, get planted. Bible says you'll flourish. You will flourish if you're, and it doesn't have to be here, but get planted in a local church. Or maybe you are 
holding up a crowded heart. And maybe you're here and there's just all these things that are going, it feels like you are spinning 19 plates. And you're just crying, the worries of life, things that are happening right now, your business, relationships, your marriage, sickness, diagnosis, coronavirus, all these things. And you're holding a heart that right now is just crowded with a bunch of other stuff. Listen, good news is God can take every single one of it. You're not designed to carry it, so let him have it. And you can do that today. Or do you have a fruitful heart? Maybe you're here and you have a heart and like it's producing more, more of a harvest than you ever dreamed. But if you don't have that type of heart and you want that, you can have that today. In fact, God, right now, we lift up every single heart to you right now that's here, that's watching, that's being a part of what's happening right now. And God, we give you permission to do whatever you need to do to this heart. God, I pray for those that have experienced a broken heart, would you heal it? I pray for those that have a hard heart right now, would you soften it? Would you, would you give them a new one? God, if there's crowded heart, there's stress, anxiety, there's depression, there's all these things that are happening right now that just crowds out, chokes out your word. God, we're gonna put our faith in the fact that you say that you want those things because you care. And so God, we give them to you right now in Jesus' name. We give you every single worry, every single care, concern. And I pray that this church, Queen City Church, is full of good hearts. And the truth is that comes and goes in seasons. And today we may have a good heart. Next week, we may be hit by a Mack truck of life and we get punched in the face and we may have a shallow heart. And then the next week we may have a crowded heart. But God, every single week, Help us to take personal responsibility to say, God, we want to present a good heart that produces an incredible harvest, 30, 60, 100 times more than that is invested. And with every eye still closed and every head bowed, maybe you're here and you've never given your heart to God. You've never invited him into your life. You've never said yes to Jesus. Experience grace. And I'm telling you, everything starts there. Or maybe you have in the past, but you've taken everything back and you've went off and you've done your own thing and you've lived life your own way. And today you just need to invite God back into your heart and you just need a fresh start. See, everything starts with giving him your life and with inviting him into your heart. So if you're here and that's what you wanna do and you know that that's a decision that you need to make today, you do not need to leave this place without knowing Jesus and giving him your life. If that's you on the count of three with every eye, closed and every head bowed, I'm going to ask you to boldly put your hand in the air as a, as a step of faith, saying that is the decision that I want to make today. If you're watching online, I, I challenge you to do it right there where you're at, saying today, that's my decision. I need to give my heart to God. And if that's you, everything starts with that. On the count of three, put your hand boldly up in the air. One, two, three. Whether it's for the first time, I got you. Whether it's all over again, I'm giving my life back to God. Yeah, 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 I got you. I got you, anybody else, anybody else, anybody else? It's awesome, it's awesome, it's awesome, it's awesome. Just pray something like this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I love you, I need you. And I'm sorry, I repent, I changed my mind, I changed my direction, and I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. We, I don't want to do that one more day. Will you come live inside me? I give you my heart. Will you change me and make me brand new? I surrender everything to you. I give you my life, I give you my heart. 
And today, I choose to follow you. And it's through the mighty, powerful name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said a loud amen. Come on, can we clap our hands for all those that just made that decision? Come on, that's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at queencitypeople.com.